And now it's time for Madison's Mad Facts with your host, Madison Standish. Hey, everybody. It's Madison. Welcome to another Madison on the Air bonus feature of Madison's Mad Facts, where we look at the way things were in real life back during these old-timey radio shows. This month is our one-year anniversary month! (laughs) And to celebrate, we performed one of the Bob Bailey five-part serial episodes of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. So for our anniversary, we decided on this Madison's Mad Facts, we would talk about the history of old-timey radio shows themselves, also known as OTR or the Golden Age of Radio. Here to chat with us is the bartender from our Johnny Dollar episode, among other great roles over the last year, including Sergeant Joe Friday in Dragnet, Tom O'Connor! Hey Tom, sup? Hey Madison, I'm thrilled to be here. You're much taller than I expected, and so glamorous. Thanks for having me. Well, I do appear taller, it's all about angles, and I'm wearing my clean sweatpants for you, which are very glamorous. Speaking of glamorous, take us to the very beginnings of when dramas were first broadcast in uh, Paris. Yep, in Paris. Starting in 1890, the French developed what was called the theatrophone. Using telephone transmitters, live performances of French theater and opera would be broadcast to special receivers. These receivers were more closely related to telephones of the era than what would later become radios. The main difference is, the entire process still required wires, much like early telegraphs. Subscribers would tune in at the designated time of the live broadcast, and the receiver had two separate handheld speakers, each connected by a wire to the receiver box. Think back to what the first telephone earpieces looked like. But with the two speakers, listeners could hold one up to each ear and enjoy performances in stereo. Well, not real stereo separation, but they would hear it in both ears. OMG, the first earbuds! So take us on a brief trip from telephone broadcasts to the radio shows we know today. Really briefly, between 1900 and 1920, the development of sending sound across radio waves was being perfected. Inspired by amateur or ham radio operators, Radio usage became important to the military during World War I, superseding Morse code. But it was after the war that radio began to grow for consumers. The 1920s saw huge advancements in technology and the birth of radio stations. Then Congress passed the Radio Act of 1927. This helped to regulate and organize radio stations by assigning transmitting frequencies, as well as establishing the Federal Radio Commission which, in 1934, became the FCC. Now, as radios became affordable and more content became available, more households sought out owning a radio. Now, in 1925, reportedly, only 19% of U.S. homes had radios. But through the 30s, that number would grow to about 40%. And by 1940, 83% of households in the U.S. owned a radio. So talk about the birth of broadcast networks. We're going to recognize most of them. You're right. The final ingredient to create the golden age of radio was the matter of distribution. You know, the ability for multiple radio stations to broadcast the same content. In 1934, four radio networks formed. 
First came the National Broadcasting Company, or NBC, but due to antitrust laws, it was split into NBC Red and NBC Blue. Ultimately, NBC Blue was sold to the American Broadcasting Company, or ABC, and NBC Red reverted back to just being called NBC. Then came the Columbia Broadcasting System, CBS, and the fourth network was the Mutual Broadcasting System, also just called Mutual. So when did we get old-timey radio shows? Well, with the growth of the networks, the broadcasting companies found themselves with hours needing to be filled with content. They created all kinds of shows, from news, sports, and music, to game shows, comedies, and soap operas. However, all the way through to the late 40s, the networks banned broadcasting of pre-recorded shows. Now, the reason was the technology of the time could only record on phonographic discs, which created an inferior sound quality. So for radio dramas of the era, the cast would perform the show twice, once for the East Coast and again later the same day for the West Coast. Phonographic discs? Like you mean records? Exactly. Now, in order to preserve early broadcasts, they were recorded by sound-creating grooves on a flat disc, a record. By the 1940s, magnetic wire recorders came into wide use. Now, this method was cheaper and had a better audio quality, but even it was quickly replaced in 1947 by magnetic tape recording or, you know, reel-to-reel, which ultimately proved the most cost-effective and retain the best audio quality. So what about the early shows and stuff? A lot of the radio programming came from other popular entertainment of the time. You know, vaudeville stars like Abbott and Costello brought their comedy acts to the radio, and stage plays from Broadway were transformed into weekly series. Comic strips like Little Orphan Annie found a life in audio storytelling, and film favorites also came to radio. You know, actors like Basil Rathbone, and Nigel Bruce, who were famous for playing Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson in the movies, brought their characters to the radio waves. You know, and of course, there were tons of original programs featuring stars who would go on to have long, long-running careers like you know, Lucille Ball, Orson Welles, George Burns, Betty White, and many more. I mean, this was the golden age of radio where all the top talent and creativity of the time all came together to produce its best work. But then, video killed the radio star. Indeed. Now, alongside radio, television was being developed in the 1920s, but it was still far too expensive to have a wide reach. But by the mid-1950s, technology had improved immensely, and television became affordable to a growing number of households. Early TV took advantage of popular radio programming, often by running a radio and television program of the same show. Like Dragnet! Yep. However, as more and more households brought home television sets, radio broadcasting moved away from dramas and radio plays. News, music, sports, and talk shows remained popular on the audio-only format, but by the early 60s, most radio networks had abandoned producing radio dramas. CBS's Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, and their mystery thriller anthology series, Suspense, both ended their runs in 1962. And those final broadcasts are considered by historians as the official end of the golden age of radio. But radio dramas never really completely died out. 
Certainly not. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater, which ran from 1974 to 1982, was a sort of drama workshop producing radio plays. But since their shows didn't feature a leading character recurring weekly, it's not considered part of the golden age of radio. And outside of the U.S., there remained a lot of interest in radio dramas. Oh, absolutely. Now, our listeners in Britain know that the BBC has been a huge supporter and contributor to audio fiction for decades after U.S. broadcasting moved away from the genre. And in Germany, in an attempt to make up for the years of political propaganda under Nazi control, German radio broadcasters popularized radio plays that continue entertaining audiences today. And now podcasts! Yep. And while the bulk of podcasting is still dominated by the basic interview format, since the inception of the platform, storytellers have also used podcasting to share audio-only scripted fiction, which is now starting to pique the interest of Hollywood once again. So we may see a Hollywood rebirth of audio dramas. Netflix, call me. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for talking with us about the golden age of radio. Or should I say, the coming of age of radio. Thanks for having me. This was fun. And I can't wait to do the next episode of Madison on the Air. And thanks to everyone out there for listening in. Ah, I was going to say that. Yes! Thank you guys for listening to our bonus feature, Madison's Mad Facts. And get ready for new episodes of Madison on the Air to premiere the first of every month.